Hi, I'm Susan. Thank you for joining me again to listen to some more of my thinking as I do some reading and teaching and generally thinking about languages and all things languages. The thoughts that I have, the ramblings that I have about languages, no, let's not call them ramblings. Let's call them really interesting considerations. I don't mind. They're not my, they're my opinions and not necessarily correct. They are not the opinions necessarily of my organization, which is DOSL, Diocese of Sale Catholic Education Limited. The thing on my mind today comes out of the whole idea about meaning that I talked about in the last one, and that is where grammar fits and how can we interact with that really, really well as teachers. From the same book that I quoted from last in the last podcast, Common Ground, Second Language Acquisition Theory Goes to the Classroom, by Florencia G. Henshaw and Maris D. Hawkins, in fact on the same page as the previous quote, there is a line. Oh, sorry, that was page four that it's on on, in that book. And here's the quote. We don't acquire a language by learning its rules and applying them. That's pretty kind of stark and very definitive and I kind of agree and don't agree at the same time. I hope as I go through this, this gives you a chance also to think about what do you think about this and and sort of have your own conversation in your own head. Um, Even better still, send me an email and tell me about it. But Where does grammar sit? If we don't acquire language by learning its rules and applying them, then what are we doing when we write a sentence pattern on the board, particularly one that sort of has something like subject, ga, object, o, verb. So the ga and the o are particles in Japanese which tell you where the subject is and that's the order of the sentence, then you give the students the opportunity to substitute in to those different pieces to create their own sentences. So the subject might have three or four options, like then the subject might be watashi, I, or sensei, teacher. The object might be cake, tempura, apple and the verb might just stay eat because or tabemas because there's enough variables in it and then the students sort of work with that sentence pattern that formula really to create their sentences it seems to me that that is writing a rule on the board and then applying it it almost reads like a maths rule or a chemical chemistry equation or something and in some ways at a secondary level at least that seems to work because other subjects seem to do a similar thing 
But if the idea is meaning-making and meaning-making is what we want students to be alive to, then creating a formula and expecting that as at least the only method of doing things is probably not going to be a fast way or an engaging way or a way that makes students want to continue with the language. It's easy to test that. It's easy to see it. It's easy to write it. Now, I dis- I'm disagreeing with myself as I'm speaking at the same time because I'm not saying don't do that. Double negatives. Love them. I am saying please do also offer the formula and the substitutions sometimes, not as your regular way of teaching, in my opinion, because myself, possibly you, we're the ones who were successful in some sort of language learning, that's why we're teaching it. We're the weird ones, by the way. And for some of the people in our classes, this will be true as well. To understand how a language works is what grammar is. So to be able to explain that this is how this particular sentence style goes together, and this is what a ga does in Japanese, it tells you that the subject was the word that was just said. So if I say I, ga, sounds weird because it's mixing English and Japanese, but you then see that I in the sentence is going to be the subject of that sentence. And then you can understand that after the object in Japanese, you have an O. And every language will have its own versions of things that need to be explained like that. So letting students see what the language is and how it functions, I think is a really important part of language teaching and learning. What I'm coming to understand more and more though because I used to be very, very committed to teaching the grammar. So what I used to think is if I taught the grammar, then students would be able to use the language because they could be, would be able to see how it works. And what I'm learning more, particularly about understanding meaning and us humans being meaning-making machines – is that's not what's motivating. That's not the exciting part of communicating. It's not the thrill of sharing an idea because it's too bogged down in what are the rules. So can we allow ourselves as teachers to allow our students to open up towards meaning-making as well? One of the ways that that can happen is through scenario practice, which if you're listening to this, you've probably also heard me talk about scenario practice. Um, I might do a few more podcasts about scenario practice as well, where you just simply think up a particular scenario. Um, I'd much rather watch TV at the moment than sit in this classroom. There you go. There's a scenario. What could you say using the language that you know in the, lang- in the target language that you're all trying to learn in the room? What words could you use to respond to that? Yes, me, 
Me too. Me, TV. Me, room, no. Can you see how I'm starting to get some words together there? And I'm sure your students will know some of those words that they can then start to make meaning for themselves and possibly then start to bring one piece of grammar to it. Or start to hear around the room the different similar things that are happening and then bring one more step to that. So if you heard something like me, TV, yes, you could say, I watch TV. Very, very simple, very simple change. One more word, really easy to do. If they're already saying I TV watch or I watch TV, you might be able to add in I want to watch TV. Or maybe they're saying, I want TV watch. You know, you can see what I mean. Every language will have its own version of it. One new step because they're making their meaning themselves and now they're ready to polish it up with one achievable new piece. Actually, come to think of it, it's not dissimilar to Krashen's I plus one, what you know plus one more thing, which essentially is the same as all of our learning progressions. We are where we are. What's our next small step to go? They're my thoughts for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Be really interested in what your thoughts are too. Thanks for listening. Cheers.